just to let you know, we had a couple technical difficulties during our recording of this episode. Drew's audio will get better as the episode goes on. Fighting, fucking, crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, writing, thinking, scheming. This is the way. It's the way that we live. It's the way that we live. And Hi, I'm Drew. And I'm Annalisa. And I'm Reese. And this is to Ellen. To Ellen back. Generation, Generation Q edition. I said edition twice because I got confused why Anna wasn't participating. I always forget if I'm supposed <laughs> to start on the to Ellen back or just the Generation Q. No, the whole thing. The whole enchilada. I realized that half a second too late. Yeah. Well. Yeah. How are your holidays? I honestly kind of forgot that a holiday happened. Yeah, I mean, we're recording this, you know, you always record a little bit in advance of the, where the holidays just happened. Wait, more importantly, Drew, how was your birthday? Oh, uh, my birthday was amazing. I had such a good birthday, maybe the best birthday of my life. Oh my gosh. Wow, really? Because I had a birthday once, my 21st birthday, I uh, hooked up with my sister's friend who I'd had a crush on for years. So <laughs> the fact that no chaotic things happened, but I just like with my girlfriend and with friends and watched some good movies and... Got high and rewatched the musical episode of The L Word, which I will say, big group of friends, drugs, musical episode mm-hmm. of The L Word was better. Yeah? You warmed up to it a little? I mean, no, it, I still don't like it as a television <laughs> episode, but, but the state I was in was better. It was very funny because Elise was also stoned. And when yeah. it ended and we were all like making fun of it or whatever, Elise with like, tears in her eyes was like, I like that a lot. <laughs> How many drugs did you do? But... Maybe none. Maybe just the power of, you know, sisterhood. I was going to say, right. I was so, so sober when I watched it and I and I loved it. Yeah, same. I know it's a shock to find out I was sober when I watched an episode <laughs> of The L Word, but I loved it. Um, isn't it nice when you start to have birthdays where you're like, I just felt loved and included and that made me happy and that was a great birthday. Yeah. Isn't that such a nice feeling? Being gay means that I actually have quite a few people who are not to like families help I don't know but I just like I for most of my life it was like even though I don't know everyone I knew was busy on Christmas Eve and now I know enough people who are Jewish or relatively secular or have complicated issues with their family that like I sort of have like a handful of friends who are still in town and that was really nice Drew is sweetly talking around the fact that I was not available for her birthday party. <laughs> no, I didn't see either of you on my on my actual birthday, and that is and that is fine. And I, but it was. But I was at your birthday party. You were. You were at my surprise birthday party. Right, but you, but it wasn't a surprise. <laughs> right, but I didn't plan it. <laughs> right. Anyway, should we talk about the album? <laughs> yeah. It is fun to think about, though, when now when I when there is a party, I always think, well, this is the big event of the episode. It's the surprise party episode. And this is the thing. And this week it is Fletcher's album release party. So this is episode 307, Little Boxes, directed by M. Weinstein, who has directed a lot of this season. Good for them. Yeah. And was written by Maria Renee Prudencio, who has written mostly for Mexican TV and film. And then wrote on Paramount Plus show Coyote and then mm-hmm. now is writing for Gen Q. 
let's get into it. This episode does start with the devastating breakup of last week. Uh, Finley gets in her car, is having some memory thoughts about drinking, um, and is like, I need to make different choices. Calls Tess. Tess doesn't answer. Calls Shane. Tess, I swear to God, Tess. Like, I, I do know that Tess is going through her own thing. So this one, I will give her a pass on. Has Tess answered her phone one time this season, just out of curiosity? Also, could she just answer and be like, I can't right now? Right. Again, this one, super specific, but there's been many times where you could be like, call me back in 15 minutes. I'll be yeah. around. Shane picks up and they're in the same car. Is <laughs> like, you know, tells Finley that Tess's mom died and, and then is like, but what's up? And Finley's like, no, no, no. But I felt like there was maybe one more sentence that Shane could have said to just be like, no, we're just driving, like, talk to us, bud, or I don't know, something. Yeah. I mean, everybody, like, deals with grief differently, obviously. I think I would have been like, yes, please tell me uh, about your relationship drama, because I'm on, I'm going to be in this car going to Vegas for six hours, and I would just really love to hear about something other than my internal monologue, which is absolute, like, devastation and despair, you know? Right. Which, um, by the way, separate of grief is the AA, like, <laughs> a whole ethos. Like, it's like... Hmm call other people to get out of your head so like you oh, yeah this actually i wrote in my notes like this is how aa calls do go sometimes you call someone <laughs> being like i'm having this crisis and they're like cool something absolutely devastating is happening to me also and then you're <laughs> like wait my problem isn't as devastating as that sorry <laughs> and then you start chatting with them about their stuff and it's like the point is not that people can like strong arm you into not drinking it's like that they can get you out of your own for lack of a better word, like kind of self-absorption or like self-focus mm -hmm. for that like handful of minutes just to like break you out of what you're thinking about. And, and realize like we're all in pain in some way. Yeah. And we're all going through stuff all the time. And like, yeah, that doesn't mean that yours doesn't hurt, but it's not like uniquely special, which is a really big thing that AI wants you to know is like you yourself and your problems are not like entirely unique that you're the only person who's ever felt pain. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, I just actually think it would have been nice for Tess and Finley to maybe have a conversation at this juncture. But I do understand that everyone reacts to grief differently and things are happening in Tess's life also, you know. Finley's phone book was a little sad to me. I was really like, bleak. wow, you have like seven numbers in there. Okay. Or, or it's like, or they're minimalist. Yeah, or like Shelly Autostraddle, editor <laughs> and all around cool person who I think there's an, I think that she wrote an article about. She account. did, because when she explained how she does her iPhone contacts, I was like, we were just all stunned. And we were like, you have to share this with the world. Everyone was in awe. But there's a 0% chance that Finley's brain is similar to Shelly's brain in that way. Like, I feel like everyone Finley's ever known, she's put into that little, to her little phone. Yeah. Where she ends up ends up being. It turns out the perfect place for her to end up for me personally with respect to my enjoyment of this episode, which is Carrie's. <laughs> yeah. And Carrie is really nice. It says they have a no-shoe household. Mm -hmm. Which I support. Yeah. Everyone take your shoes off. Yeah, I always take my shoes off. It's like very rare for me actually to not take my shoes off in the house. Yeah, I feel unsettled when they're still on. Um, and then I just love... Th this actually is the perfect conclusion to that because like Carrie is chattering enough to like <laughs> it's totally she like wants to hear about Finley stuff but also is in her own life and like that's mm -hmm. it was just very sweet and fun yeah. yeah 
Speaking of duos I enjoy, Sophie <laughs> got her nipples pierced. I got my nipples pierced last night. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. You did not get yes, nipples pierced. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a choice that a person could make if they wanted to. So true. So that's nice. I really actually want to get my nipples pierced, but I don't know if it's going to happen at any mm-hmm. point because I am, I had, it took me so long to just get like my cartilage ear piercing healed. And I'm like, if it, if it took so long for that to heal, I don't know if I'm wanting to risk the nipple piercing healing process. I actually don't think they take that long to heal. I would be speaking more certainly because I, I have one, but I don't remember. It was like a billion years ago. My brain is Swiss cheese at this point. So I like have no real concrete evidence for that. I just don't remember it being as difficult. My ear, I like got my cartilage pierced this year and it hurt way more for like longer than I remember. But maybe it's that thing about like really intense pain or like what people say about childbirth, which is like two years after you're kind of like, yeah, that wasn't that bad, even though it was like right. absolutely horrific when you were doing it. <laughs> it's hard to remember pain. Yeah. The way that the bar is Tess's child, I do think that my nipple <laughs> piercings will someday be my child. So <laughs> I like don't really like the word nipples. Why interesting? Really? And so if if every time someone said, "Do you have any piercings?" I had to say nipples. I think I'd be upset about that. But also, I, I also hate the word belly, and I do have to say belly button. Do you have your belly button pierced? I do. Right. Yeah, and I know I'm at the age where I should take it out, but I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> It's the only thing on me that's pierced. I got my ears pierced when I was 15 at like a sketchy place that pierced a 15 year old's ears without their parents' permission. Um, And I kept them in for like, I don't know, three months. And then it was annoying with soccer to have to like put the band-aids on or whatever. So I, anyway, it's been now, you know, several decades since then. And uh, they still haven't closed all the way up. So uh, let that be a warning to any 15 year olds listening to this podcast that not only will your mom get mad at you and not only will Miami Moon eventually go under, (laughs) <laughs> you will be able to like get like pus out of your 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 inf- for the rest of your life. Nice. And that's another word I hate. Oh my god, I'm just ruining my own self today. I'm so sorry. Um, Micah, <gasps> so basically, like Danny's talking about the Fletcher release party. Micah wants to go because Micah really wants to meet Fletcher. Which okay, <laughs> Micah. <What? laughs> Anyways. Uh, Danny wants to invite Dre to Fletcher and it's like, is that weird? Yeah. We're like setting up the exposition of the episode and the future chaos. Um, and then Danny looks at Sophie's nipple piercings, which does feel like a next step of like, I feel like seeing your ex naked (laughs) is like an, is like a next step of ex to friends. Yeah, definitely. I felt like this whole scene was a real graduation of ex to friends. Like they're planning <laughs> their nights together. They're doing, you know, like yeah. it was very deeply friends. And I had a funny moment where I remembered that Micah was also Danny's ex. So they're oh, all just, yeah. yeah. That's queer community. This is the way that <laughs> yeah. we live. I just made up a new mel- melody for that. I made it into Bentley. Beautiful. I love Beautiful. it. Speaking of exes, Tom has arrived at the Alice show and runs into the glass door. And I really enjoyed when he said, yeah, You might want to put a uh, out of order sign on that side because I just look like a bird crashing into a window. But a lot of birds fly into a lot when it's a, the stats are pretty dark. Anyway, hi! hi. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that. Yeah. Have you ever run into a glass door? I thank you so much for asking Reese. Yeah. It's like I set you up for this. I once gave myself a concussion doing this. <gasps> oh. I was Fantastic. in fact 
already previously concussed that year. And I mm. just turned so fast and walked right into a door that I was like <laughs> dazed for a day and was like, yep, sure did bruise my brain again. <laughs> wow. Um, but I survived it. And so I laughed when Tom hit his, his, his little noggin. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty funny. He is such a light. He's such a joy. You know what He's I mean? He's so fun. He's got such great energy. Yeah. Um, we learned that Tom proposed at the Eiffel Tower, <laughs> which I like... <laughs> I know I was like a, a, a jumbotron skeptic before, but compared to, compared to the Eiffel Tower, jumbotron is a great proposal. Like at least Tower, with Alice, Ugh. like you're in France, you're in yes. Paris, you choose to propose at the Eiffel Tower, like to to no. Alice, like come on, like just propose at the top of like I don't know the Empire State Building, the CN Tower. I don't care this this the that the the tower in Las Vegas that has the ride on the top that my ex boyfriend made me go on and it scarred me for life, like. I don't know, just proposed her on a bridge. How many other people were proposing at the Eiffel Tower at the exact moment he was proposing to Alice? I'm thinking like less a skyscraper and more like, like a beautiful like street in Montmartre or something. Like there's so many, like, you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Like, or like her favorite authors, her favorite existential authors backyard on a literary tour. I, like as if that's one of Alice's interests. But you know what I mean? The Eiffel Tower is so generic. A Jumbotron at least is campy and funny. Right. Like that's hilarious. Eiffel Tower, that's not funny. That's generic. That's boring. He's a literary person. He should come up with something better. I've never, I, oh wait, actually I have been to Paris, but I don't remember very well. So I've never been, but I'm, I have been, but I'm sure there's better places. I was in Paris literally this year and we declined to even go up the Eiffel Tower because it was like, yeah, it's such an ordeal. Right. I have a picture of myself outside of it going yeah. you know, with my thumb up. I, lo- I <laughs> looked we were up like, at no, it. No, we're not going up. I looked up at it and I was like, big, they did that. Yeah. And then it was beautiful. And then I moved on. Yeah, then my boyfriend was like, let's go to McDonald's. <laughs> Proposal on Eiffel Tower, out. Wedding on the Eiffel Tower in Sense8. Now that was a choice. That I respected. Oh, that, was, yeah. that, was, mm-hmm. that was the next level. But anyways, Tom thinks that Alice wants to write book two and immediately Whoa. starts chatting about writing a second book. And because why would he think that she wants to get back together with him and she's invited him to her office <laughs> to discuss that? <laughs> she set up an, an office meeting. Yeah. What a silly right. way to go about that. I hope he lives in LA. I hope he didn't come all the way out from New York for the meeting, for this for this meeting. But I love his suggestions that I think I, his idea for a tongue-in-cheek self-help book is solid and she should pursue that line of inquiry. I do think it sums up uh, that Taylor was correct that Alice is disconnected from reality. That she was like, well, just come to my, just come to the Alice show and we'll have a conversation about our future together as lovers. Yeah, I would definitely do that. Yeah. Um, speaking of ill-fated couples, Angie is going to that man's reading. I would rather die. And uh, the, her roommate gives her a whole box of condoms. That makes no sense to me. You need ma- it, one night, you need, I don't know, three, three absolute max condoms. Yeah. She was like, you can never be too prepared. And I was like, actually, this is, this is too prepared. Maybe a little too prepared. I also, Drew, started calling him that man in my notes this <laughs> week. Just that guy, that man. I call him this man. I think later my notes changed to Mr. Old Man. <laughs> He's, to be clear, my age, but compared to Angie, I'm like, get a job, stay away from her. Mm-hmm. Anyway, my college used to give you 30 free condoms every quarter. And I took a whole... Wow. I took freshman year when I went to visit my long distance boyfriend um, for a weekend. I took all 30 of them and I don't remember how many we went through. It's not important now, but what is important is that they did have a bunch of different goofy kinds and we used a glow in the dark one that truly haunts me. It's like the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's like so unsexy. 
Anyway, maybe the box was different flavors, you know, like a variety pack. I think they bought a bunch of different boxes and that you could go and pick, which is funny to me because I feel like either I put my hand into just like a mix of them and took whatever I could, or I specifically chose a glow in the dark condom for the joke of it, which unfortunately shows you how invested I was in having meaningful like love romantic lovemaking at that <laughs> time of my life. You didn't feel like making love? Um, no. Mm. Anyway, I came back from that trip with a UTI. Very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> really good stuff. Uh, yeah, she should have sent her with a box of cranberry pills. Absolutely. If she's handing out that many condoms, she should also be saying like, and make sure you pee right after. <laughs> Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And drink some water. Um, I do want to say that Angie making this chapbook is like the most lesbian gay little event oh, I've so ever cute. seen in my life. It's so sweet. Yeah. Um, and he does wasted. not deserve it. It's wasted. Mm -hmm. Wasted, wasted, wasted. Um, speaking of things that are wasted, uh, Finley burns lasagna at Carrie's <laughs> and has a meltdown, which was very relatable to me because anytime I mess up any cooking thing, I do break down and decide that I'm not worth being alive on this planet. Um, and I wish Rosie O'Donnell was there to hug me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she was like, may I approach? And then she came over and hugged Finley. And it was so adorable. When she says, just let me approach after Finley <laughs> kind of protests, I was just so hard eyes for her. Uh, and then there was really accurate rec league sports representation. <laughs> I knew that you were going to say this exact <laughs> phrase. I was like, this is for Reese. <laughs> Where you need a, you need a sub because if you don't have enough players who have to forfeit and you need a sub and the sub's like, I'm really bad. Probably you and me had this conversation. The sub's like, I'm really bad. And you're like, well, no one can be worse than me. And then, <laughs> um, and then you sub. I think we made you sub for like an entire season though. I think this is, yeah, almost exactly how I started playing kickball occasionally <laughs> on your kickball team. Yeah. Anyway, so I was like, this is so real. And that's all. It was so real. So real. Everyone was being real. I also think it's very real that Finley is like trying to come up with ways to contact Sophie. She's like, well, my, I can go get my non-slip <laughs> shoes. And Carrie is like, absolutely not. Eyes on me. Like, it's so nice to have a friend who will kind of like bully you a little bit after a breakup because uh -huh. you do want to do sometimes those things that you know are bad ideas. And it's nice to have somebody outside of you yeah, being like, mm, I don't think so. <laughs> I definitely related more to Sophie's handling of the breakup in this episode than I did Finley's. I'm not uh, reaching out to person. I'm definitely a make a fool of myself with new people person. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm definitely a by the end of the night, if no one says this is you shouldn't be single anymore, this isn't working for the rest of us, then I didn't break up properly. You know, like I just want to make a real hard mess of literally everything. And I want to do what would, you know, in the past would want to do it as drunkly as possible for yeah. maybe even a few weeks. Hilariously, I'm both. I <laughs> would be like a messy going out rager kind of gal. And also, I'm going to send you some messy texts while I'm doing that. So you know that I'm having yeah. fun, but I kind of miss you. But yeah, because I always think then they win. That's, I, I have problems. Anyways. Oh, yeah, they win. Oh, see, in my head, actually, that's me winning. That's me asserting my... <laughs> uh, dominance. Mm -hmm. I get to do what I want. Anyway, that's a deeply sick way of viewing it also. Wow. Well, we're all sick in our own ways. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. Tom is still talking about this second book possibility. And then there's a cat meow and it becomes this fun little thing we do this episode where there's a ghost cat in the wall. And Alice is like, I said there was a ghost cat. Everyone said there wasn't a ghost cat. 
and Tom's like, I hear the ghost cat. And you're like, wow, is being the one mean you both hear the same ghost cat? Yeah. That's cat power. Yeah, exactly. This was a moment where I was like, okay, a little bit of sparkle between the two of them. Like they're so fun together that this really, and this really showed it for the time that they were doing this, that I was like Mm -hmm. very delighted. They're also just great comedic actors, both of them. Yes, exactly. I think, okay, I'm just thinking about this now, but I think it would have been really fun if like in the first time we're really seeing like a proper relationship with a man that Alice has if Alice had been like toppier, mm. it would have been like interesting to play with that. I'm just trying to think of like what could be sexy between these two people because the sex scenes between them never were like that sexy. And I'm like, what? How can we queer heterosexuality in a way on this like queer show in a way that like would have felt really hot between them? I don't know. I just feel like they do have the the show in with all genders has a very limited idea of what could be sexy, which we'll get to later with Carrie and I don't know, we'll get to it, but. I am like, they have a spark. And the fact that I don't really buy them together as like being that whatever is partially because the way that Alice's sex is shown is so different. I don't know. I just like that there there was, these two people could absolutely have hot sex. And like hot, like silly sex. Like it doesn't have to be so serious either. Anyway. Yeah. Anyways, Maribel's still looking for a donor, very exhausted by it. Why have a... Why haven't they signed up for a real membership with, with the sperm bank? Because if you haven't signed up for a real membership, then you can't see pictures and they're still seeing like just ghost people. They would have signed up for a real membership. That's all. That's going to be my only nitpick of this issue, <laughs> this episode. Thank you. Micah's like, let's go out. Let's have sloppy sex, which I was like, yes, I'd love to see a sloppy sex. And then Sophie comes in and is like, I'm going to get my hair done because sometimes <laughs> nipple piercings aren't enough. Mm-mm. And well, you always have to get your hair cut or done or something after a breakup. Sure. And that's when Mari's like, okay, we actually should go to Fletcher <laughs> to look after Sophie. Yeah. Sisterhood is powerful. Sisterhood literally is powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we go to Danny telling Dre that Sophie is a good contact for them, which is. <laughs> Such an aggressive, like, <laughs> attempt to be like, I, this is just professional. And also, I don't care that you had sex with my ex-fiance. Yeah, Dre's confused. And it that <laughs> seems fair. But they're flirty and it's fun. Yeah, it's obvious that, like, they have sexual attention. Dre is open to more and is trying to figure out why Danny's acting like she's open to more while saying that she's not open to more. Um, so that's fun. Yeah, imagining someone telling you that your relationship is strictly professional and then they like do that thing that Danny <laughs> did to Dre's chin, like uh-huh. tipping it up. I would be like, uh-huh. so you want to kiss right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Professionally, you want to kiss. That's yeah. what I'm hearing. A professional kiss. And yeah, there's just like a lot of meaningful eye contact and Dre's like making jokes about skinny dipping. And I love this for everyone involved, even the extras. <laughs> Anyone who got to be around. Uh huh. I support them. Speaking of flirting, um, Misty is adjusting Carrie's bowling position in a way that is very close, very sensual. Finley mm-hmm. um, wants to text Sophie. Carrie says no. That's so. It was so funny. Was really was like was like here like like Carrie picked up and it was like hi self. Hope you're well. No, it's not good. I'm deleting it. You know. Yeah, I support. Carrie in this and then Finley's like kind of roasting Carrie for not asking Misty out once again all these all these key names of the I but, know um, 
wild um, for not asking Misty out. And then Misty bowls a strike because yeah, Misty's a good bowler. I really liked Carrie also being like, this is enough for me. Like, I don't need to ask her out. Like, this is fine. Which I think is like a valid way to feel like, totally. you know, like, I don't know if she likes me back. But for now, like this type of relationship, I mean, this is like good. I'm, I'm happy with this. You know, it doesn't necessarily need to be escalated. Yeah. Which Finley doesn't buy. <sighs> I don't have a fun transition for this next scene. No. Angie and that man are in the hotel room where... He's like <sighs> pinging around with a lot of anxious energy for his reading. And he talks about how it's like bearing his soul to a bunch of people and everybody's going to be looking at him. And Angie gives him her little book as like a trade off of like, I'll show you this part of my soul too. And it's very. Bruce, she offers to iron his shirt. Oh yeah. yeah. I didn't even take notes on that part. I was so I was like calming him down. It's so annoying. Anyways. I mean like, I, I guess I guess the show is, I don't know. Anyways, they fuck. And it's like, do they? No, they don't. No, they don't. Not at least not in the scene. Do they even kiss? Do they start? Do they kiss? I don't think they do anything this episode. What? What is my notes? Why did I misread that? I totally thought that she gave the chat book and then like they, I guess I need to rewatch this. I was so like, well, I mean, later she does say that she did, but I, we, I mean, I, I, we, I was going to talk about it at the time, but I was like, is she lying? Because I don't know. I don't even remember them kissing in this scene. I thought that was a lie later. Whoa. Yeah. I, now I really want to open the scene right now. I feel like I, wait, <laughs> can, can we just hold on? With yeah. This is, this is a, this is a to Ellen back you know, breaking news. <laughs> we have to get a replay. Beep, 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 alert. Coach, yeah. Coach's cam. Oh, I see. She leads him to the bed and he says, are you sure? And she says, I'm sure. Are you sure? I'm sure. Was I, maybe I stopped. I mean, I very well could have just been like, I don't want to see this anymore. Oh, and I stopped very watching. Much, I very much just tuned out of that. I feel like I'm seeing that for the first time. Well, the good news is I was still angry about how this whole thing went anyway. So now I'm just clearer on why I'm angry. I'm just glad I, that I didn't make that up because that would be a very disturbing thing for my brain well, to assume. I fully just like tuned out. But I think I'll, here's the other thing that I was thinking about. Like, so against against all human decency, there's a huge cohort of fans who loved Arya and Ezra and, and Pretty Little Liars, even though they started sleeping together when he was her teacher in high school. And she was like a sophomore, a junior in high school, and he was a full-grown adult. But there's tons and tons of Ariana's shippers to the point where people are excited that it, their end game was actually getting married and like adopting a baby. Yeah. And I disagree with all of those people for obvious reasons, but they exist. And like this problematic concept exists and thrives because it was a show that gave that relationship enough time mm-hmm. and enough space that people perhaps against their best wishes, but perhaps not somehow grew endearing like there something about that dynamic became endearing to them in a way that it was like more of a complicated choice for the show to make or like Pacey and his teacher and Dawson's Creek where people saw enough of the relationship that people were like god I like I hate this but there's something about this their chemistry that's like palpable or interesting to people in a way that makes people feel conflicted and that's complicated and that's art or whatever but they don't they're not we're not spending enough time with Angie or with this man to feel anything about them like there's not I promise there's not a single solitary soul on this planet that is rooting for these two not one person no one likes it i get that eventually like i mean we'll get to this but like it's i guess it's trying to say something but it doesn't do a particularly good job at it or do anything new or like i mean i think about 
I think about a movie like Diary of a Teenage Girl that I think does such a good job at both validating the like love and lust of the young girl and also shows like the toll it takes and the ways in which it's wrong. And like, it is possible to do that in art. This isn't doing really anything in my opinion. And so it just feels weird and annoying. And like it, it, to me, it feels like I can in my brain think about a writer's room first weeks of a writer's room going around being like, what happened to you in college? Like, let's talk about our experiences. And someone's like, I fucked my, prof- I lost my virginity to my professor. And they're like, Ooh, cool. Okay. And then they just like run with that and like, be like, what was that? You know, and like get into it and whatever. And it's like, but is that the most interesting thing we could do with Angie? Like, right. is that the most interesting thing we could do with an entire generation of queer people <laughs> on the show? Like it's really not. And so it just feels, I don't know. The TV teacher reference point that I have the most is the step-by-step episode where the teacher, I don't remember the names of the characters in that show, but there was an episode where the teacher like invites this like teenage boy over and then like sucks on his ear. And I never seen that (laughs) done before. And it really left a mark on me as like an eight year old, but he says, no, he's like, this is bad. And like gets up and leaves and, and it was very clear in its in its teachings, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's movies with this trope that people feel close, you know, like loving Annabelle, you know, where people that people feel feelings about, but no one feels feelings about these two, right? And maybe they're, I mean, honestly, maybe that people would be feeling more feelings about this too if the teacher wasn't a man. Maybe probably. Well, but the thing that drives me nuts also is not just that he's a man, but is that he is this specific type of man, which is like they get to this reading and immediately he does not like care about anything except himself. It just feels so icky to me in a way that, like, I don't understand why they didn't try to make this a more compelling. I'm already going to be annoyed about it. So, to your point, Reese, like, if it were a more compelling or interesting dynamic mm-hmm. where you're like, okay, I want to be opposed to this, but he's treating her really well, or something about the way these two interact is like yeah. really. I do think the show is like making a point by having him be this way. Like, I do think it is, it's not unrealistic that this like man who's like immature and is full of himself and all like, it's, it's honestly like, I'm glad that it's not romanticized at all, but then it's confusing what the like beats of this arc have been and Mm -hmm. why Angie like coming into her sexuality has been framed as like, positive with him i mean again it can be complicated but i don't think it's being done well like i i get Mm -hmm. there's a big could be a point but i'm like it's it's just a boring choice to me yeah yeah and also his character is not that interesting or compelling i don't even and like we talked before about how jordan has chemistry with everyone but she doesn't really have that chemistry they don't really have chemistry and like he's never even made a funny joke like he's just (laughs) he's so flat and even in this scene i'm like you're not you don't really seem like you're into it like you don't he doesn't seem like he's into her except for when he says it again you know this telling and not showing kind of thing yeah um well going from my least favorite storyline in this episode to my second least favorite storyline in this episode (laughs) um micah meets a man at the bar named michael and are they're like we ordered the same drink so you must be the person who should give me sperm Mm -hmm. that's how i feel about everyone i've ever seen order a tequila shot (laughs) which used to be my drink but now obviously i haven't had a tequila shot in quite some time I also, because Mike was bisexual, I was like, at first I thought it was going to be like a meet uh-huh. cute situation. And then it was like, no, no, everyone cheats on this show, except not Micah and which I'm fine with, but I'm just like, no, there's, that's not the storyline. We're still sticking with the sperm storyline. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't know. It's a, it's a brief moment. Uh-huh. Oh, cause now we're at the Fletcher party. So now it's like a bunch of little scenes like we do at our parties. 
Because then yep. Sophie walks in and is blonde. <laughs> she looks amazing. Looks banging. Uh-huh. I do want to say, and more power to her because she's fresh off a breakup, a little overdressed. But you know what? <laughs> she looks great. So uh-huh. what are you going to do? I'm still unclear about the time that Sophie and Dre spent together because Dre's like, you didn't tell me that you worked at the Alice show. And Sophie was like, well, we didn't do a lot of talking. And I'm like, didn't you spend a weekend together? Like, isn't that, you can't be fucking like, what? I'm so confused. And also Maribel had opinions about them. If they were just fucking and just did it for one weekend, like how did Maribel know them? Like, there's just so, it's so unclear. I think it's possible Okay. And I don't like this idea because I love Sophie, the character, and it, and it annoys me when people don't like her as a character. It annoys me deeply. But what if she's kind of a liar? Because she told Dre she was a documentary filmmaker. Like, she chose to present herself in a certain way. I kind of thought that she was honestly lying to Finley when she said it was just a weekend, just the way that it was delivered. But... Well, she didn't even tell Finley it was a weekend. She said they had sex once and saw each other one other time. She didn't even tell Finley they spent a whole weekend together. And then she told Danny that it was a weekend, right? Yeah. So even when she said that to Finley and was like, I don't know, twice, I was like, this just feels like when people kind of obscure the truth by like talking around something. And then when she said a weekend to Danny, I was like, okay, I feel more bolstered in that. I will say that the documentary filmmaker thing didn't bug me because I am also famously kind of a liar to people I like hook up with. I don't know. They don't know me. Sometimes I'm like, and this is not exactly a lie because I do write, in fact, for autostraddle.com. But I will sometimes Mm -hmm. be like, oh, yeah, I'm a writer. I'm like, Mm -hmm. that's not my like full time job that I do to make a living, which is what people ask when they're asking, like, what do you do? Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's kind of aspirational. Sometimes it's kind of fun. Like, so I can see a bunch of reasons that you might say that to someone who you don't know super well, but there's no reason given for it. If Sophie had been like, oh, I was living out kind of a dream or like, that's what I want to be. But, uh, you know, the Alice show yeah. pays the bills. Yeah. Like it, that, that actually didn't bother me, but yeah, it is interesting. I think what's bothering me is that the way that Dre is talking to Sophie doesn't feel like it was more than a weekend or like, I, I'm having a hard time getting a read on that. Like I would be like, Oh, Sophie's just lying. But Dre's not talking to her. Like, I don't know. Like even, even their exchange of being like, sorry, I didn't text you back. It makes it feel like the you up text was the only text. I don't know. But isn't that also a crazy thing for her to say? Like, I'm sorry, I didn't text you back when you texted me you up and I was in bed with my girlfriend who I was in a monogamous relationship with in that moment. Like I was like, really? And said what? Yeah. The night Finley returned from sober living. I mean, I think it was just a weekend. Like, I think Sophie was telling the truth to Danny about that. And that's the vibe I get from them, you know, or the vibe from Dre is that this was just a weekend for them, too. It wasn't like a big deal, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest problem is that, like, doing a year time jump and not thinking through how that what that means for all the characters instead of just a handful of characters is challenging. And that's how it feels. It feels like some of the characters had a year time jump. Some of the characters had a month time jump. And it sort of made this whole season feel a little bit muddled and confused. Even just the sense of like, sometimes Danny's going through a big breakup because her and Gigi were together for a year and a half. But like, then other times it feels like there really wasn't that much time that we missed, like what was happening in their relationship. Like, I guess she was going through a lot of dad stuff. Sorry to bring him up. Like it it just, it doesn't ever really feel like, I don't really know 
what happened in that year. If I was trying to write fanfic of like what happened in that year, I would find it very hard to sort of bridge these seasons. Mm-hmm. Right. So Micah's telling Maribel about Michael and again, he just met this man. I don't, I don't understand any of this. <laughs> it's truly so weird and I don't understand. Mm-hmm. But Mari agrees to meet him. I thought the mm-hmm. line, it'd be kind of like we're having a baby together was super bizarre, by the way. They are having a baby together. I don't know. Just the wording of that is not like, who talks like that about the baby you're going to have with a partner no matter how it's like conceived? I don't know. I just was like, what a weird choice. I did like at least that Micah was like, oh, I don't know for sure that he's cis. Like I thought that was a good sort of yes. note to the watcher. Like you can't be assuming these things about people on, on like from either direction or whatever. I actually think that's why the it'd be like we're having a baby together line hit me so weirdly like those two next to each other i was like what are we yeah. like <laughs> trying to accomplish i don't know it felt bizarre but yes i agree i really did like that line did. sure like we don't know that he's cis we don't know that he's fertile we don't know that he would want to give his sperm to, <laughs> yeah. to a stranger like there's so critically know him at all <laughs> yeah and he'd have to go through a bunch of tests and stuff before you I know. was thinking, Reese, about you talking to us about just like, what that <laughs> process looks like. And I was like, they have such a a world ahead of them that they don't even know about. But I do think that's kind of sometimes how you feel about any sort of big life decision. You're like, yeah, immediately you're like, okay, well, this is it. I figured it out. Yeah. This is what I want to do. And you start going down that path. I definitely know people, yeah, who've like picked a known donor who reminded them of their you know of their the non-carrying partner or whatever but usually it's someone they like know not someone they like just met at a bar and also right. if we were spending more time with these characters and it wasn't so rushed like it could have been a thing where micah meets a new friend like sperms put on hold for a while micah meets a new friend at a certain point it becomes the storyline like it's just so weird mm-hmm. to rush it all into this one like 10 minute interaction um then we go back to, we go to sophie and dre Gray's talking about loving newsies, I think because Sophie was talking about how the ayahuasca trip was a musical. I just want to say that I love newsies, in case anyone was wondering. But the original film, which I saw in the 90s, I haven't seen the musical adaptation, but I don't need to because the original film was perfect. Thank you (laughs) for listening. Um, This is when Sophie's like, I should have texted you back. And then Sophie kisses Dre and Dre pulls away and is like, I'm into someone else. And Sophie leaves. And I gotta say that first rejection when you're like, when you're like, especially when you end something, cause you're like coming in, you're like, I'm, <laughs> I'm need to be single. I need to yeah. be, do my thing. That first time you get rejected after that is so brutal. And I felt very sad for Sophie and Sophie is drinking way too much. And it just, I was just like, Oh God, Oh God. Yeah. Oh God, oh God. And then we see Sophie's healthy and completely unlike Finley's drinking behavior um, in action. <laughs> Totally different. I will say to this show's credit about drinking one small win, I was like, if Sophie drunk texts Finley, I'm going to be furious. I was like, I hope Sophie drunk texts Finley. <laughs> I was like, I just text like, her, tell her you want to get back together. Sure. That would have been fine. But like a sloppy, like drunk uh-huh. text from your ex when you are sober, like it just would have felt so right. cruel writing wise. I would have been like, what? okay, why are we putting her yeah. through this? But like, okay, at least there's small mercies in that mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah speaking of sophie finley is speaking of sophie to misty and misty is finally like i'm gonna i'm gonna butt in right there if you don't mind yeah, yeah of course i'd love that i actually know a lot about your entire life because carrie talks about you all the time. i enjoyed that 
Yeah. Yeah. She's like, just it's, this conversation's over, basically. And then Finley tries to talk to Misty about Carrie. Yes. And is like, Carrie's into you, you know? And then Misty's like, well, she's not really my type. And I'm like, what? Yeah, I don't understand this in the context of what eventually happens in this episode, which we can, I guess, address <laughs> when it happens. But I don't, it, there were so many other things that Misty could have said where Misty could have said nothing and just been like, oh, um, uh, I need to go. And then Carrie saw that and took it as a rejection. Like there's so many other things, but saying specifically, Carrie's not my type. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. I guess it was, I mean, my immediate assumption was like Misty's butch and she only wants to date femmes. Like, isn't that what we're supposed to think she means? Yeah. But then, I mean, we'll talk about it when it comes back, but then later it doesn't really get explained or like, I, I don't know. It just, we'll talk about it later. I just didn't understand then if it's true that Misty thinks Carrie isn't her type for whatever reason, then I don't understand the thought change between that scene and when she comes back to Carrie's house to bring her bowling bag. Maybe she thinks they're both tops. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder what Tina and Carrie's sex was like. I mean, who knows? Yeah, there is some bo- there is some bottom energy from Carrie. Yeah, definitely. So they find the ghost cat, Tom and Alice, but then the cat runs away. It's a real cat, I think, not a ghost. Mm-hmm. At this point, it, it, it's it's feeling like it's a real cat, and I don't know how long the cat has been in the wall or how it got there. <laughs> um, but I'm I'm going with it. Yeah. Uh, and then Alice asks Tom if they missed something real. Simply nothing led to this conversation, but I'm happy for her. Alice had to bring it up eventually. She had to ask. And then as soon as Alice is like, me and you, did we miss something real? You know, you see Tom and you know that man is seeing someone else. Yep. And indeed he is. And indeed he is. And Alice says, is it serious? And Tom says, kind of. I mean, she is pregnant. (laughs) I don't know the specifics of their relationship, but a pregnancy is a little bit serious. (laughs) Yeah, pretty serious. More more to me than kind of serious. Yeah, well, I think he was joking, right? Yeah, sure. It was funny when he's like, I already got the bod, so I might as well be a dad. He's funny. Cute. I wish they could just be friends, you know? He'd be great to have around. Yeah. And, uh, oh, God. Okay, <laughs> we go to the reading. We go to the reading where this man is reading his actual writing. and it, No one wants to hear it. It makes Jenny Schechter look like Lizzie Gimson. Like, it's just such, it's bad, terrible writing. I don't enjoy it. Remember how, how all of Jenny's writing was actually like Eileen Chaikin's personal writing? <laughs> Whose personal writing do you think this is? I mean, like Alice's book also was like kind of, met, you know, meddling. And I don't get it because these are TV writers. There's writers in the room. You know what I mean? They've definitely written. But maybe they before. don't want this man's stuff to be good. Uh, I guess true. it has to be since there's a literary agent at his reading. Also, I think this was shot in Skylight, which is kind of fun. I mean, I have met literary agents at readings, but they were readings with multiple authors. You know what I mean? So it's like they might be going to see multiple authors read and see if there's any potential clients there. Anyway. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. Yeah, the CA agent's there. Then the professor man tells the agent that Angie's the student. And it's like, oh, no. Well, he yeah, he introduces Angie to the agent and is like, this is my right. student. Angie, which first of all, just generally in life, I want to um, remind everyone that you actually never have to introduce someone with your connection to them. You can literally just go, this is Angie. And people will be like, so nice to meet you. Um, yeah. Just if you ever want to avoid that 
particular situation. Or you'd be like, this is Angie. She performed at my birthday party. Or like, this is Angie. She is my barista. Or like, this is Angie. I met her on this side of the road before this, you know? And then everyone's like, oh, what's that about? And then you can have a whole conversation that's not even real. Mm. Uh, anyways, from one random man to another, <laughs> the random man, Michael, has agreed to be Maribel and Micah's sperm donor. They're giving huge, like, my wife and I saw you from across the bar and liked your vibe. <laughs> Vibes. <laughs> like... Yeah, why not just have him direct, uh, impregnate Mari directly? <laughs> I think that's legally complicated also. Uh, I was thinking about, remember in season one of The L Word when Bet and Tina are trying to find a sperm donor and then they try to have sex with that yeah. guy and he's like... Why is it whenever dykes want to have sex with a guy, it's only because they're trying to steal his sperm? What's that man's life story? What's he yeah. got going on? Right. I did think about this, like thinking about that compared to now, like why this felt so weird and that didn't feel as weird. And some of it maybe is that I didn't know that much about life, but I also feel like it was just like a more perilous moment in time for like a, a queer couple to be trying to uh, obtain a baby in any way. And so it was like every, like the most unorthodox of methods was considered more viable than it is now, but maybe it would have seemed ridiculous to me then if I had been older. I do think it's unfortunately indicative of a lot of like the worst impulses of contemporary media that it's the same storyline written worse, but <laughs> with one person is trans and one person has a disability. And that's what people who aren't trans and don't have disabilities deem as progress. Like <laughs> we'll recycle our storylines, make them not as well written even when they weren't even probably that well written to begin with and like plop you in and like call it a day. Mm. Um, Sophie is drunk and it's sad and awkward. And she's talking to this random woman and the random woman seems way too sober to be like flirting <laughs> with, I mean, not to be like whatever, but like, it doesn't feel like this woman is at Sophie's level of like, Oh, they're both sloppy and making a mistake. It feels like she's, pretty with it and Sophie is very very visibly not in a position where she should be hooking up with anyone wait was this when Sophie also took those pictures of herself in the photo booth yes that was funny yeah she's in the like photo she was posing by herself and then she like wanted them to print really badly yeah yeah this other girl is flirting with her and who had complimented her dress earlier and Sophie moves right along this is like until later when it becomes not, I was like, okay, a small win after yeah. getting like mm -hmm. batted down by Dre. Like, all right. Because yeah, Drew, like you said earlier, like post breakup, you're like, I want to go out because I know so many, I can be on the town. And then if like yeah. no one engages, you're just like <laughs> No one cares sad. that you're on the yeah. town. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be like yeah. the next eligible bachelor when you break up <laughs> immediately. So this was kind of a fun. I was glad that she got at least a moment. Yeah. That one episode where Bet is suddenly single and at the planet and is like everyone's like basically submitting their yeah. resume. Yeah, when they me tagged her. This is so not a feminist thing to say, but there is a group of women over at the bar who have you meet tag like nobody's business. I'm sorry. <laughs> meet tag it means that they've marked you as a hot item. Those girls are lining up around the block to get on your dance card. Great. My neighbors will love that. FYI. That's what they call it. They said, you've been meat tagged, which meant oh, yeah. she was the next eligible bachelor. And I was like, no one has ever said that. <laughs> and if they have, they should be too ashamed of themselves to put it on television. Yeah, that shouldn't be like a capital M meat tagged. Like, yeah. no, thank you. <laughs> so Carrie and Finley 
are sort of arguing back at the bowling alley because Carrie overheard the end of Finley's conversation and is like, I was happy with how this was. I got to hang out with Misty sometimes. And like, you didn't have to try to meddle in everything. And now I can't even be at this bowling league. Mm -hmm. Which I do think is speaks to Carrie's personality in a certain way where it's like, you didn't even make a move. Like you could easily be like, you know, the kid is getting overzealous and trying to ship us. Like, I'm just here to have fun and bowl. Don't worry. Like, right. you could easily play it off. So I don't know if she really needs to be like, but I think she's just, her feelings are hurt and she's feeling vulnerable and rejected. Yeah. And and then um, then she's like, go get your shoes. We're going to go home or it's time to go home or whatever. And Finley's yeah. so surprised because Finley assumed like that this would be it. Carrie would not want to talk to her anymore. And, you know, and I thought it was really sweet because it's with someone like showing Finley unconditional love in the way that someone like would hope their parents would, you know? Right. And that it was probably my favorite moment of the episode, honestly, was when, was when Finley was like, Oh my God, like I'm, I'm still invited. You right. know, she's like, she's not going to like cut me out for this. She's still here for me. We had this fight. I did something wrong, but we are still connected. It's not yeah. like an end to something. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the end of something, <laughs> this is the end to the old man story with Angie. I really, I didn't really understand this breakup. Like, I'm happy they broke up, but I didn't understand the words mm-hmm. that were happening. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't get it either. I think she's mad about him introducing her just as his student. And he's like, but you are my student. And I've like really grappled with this. I grappled with it earlier when we were having sex, maybe. And (laughs) Vinny's like, but I am falling in love with you. And I I wasn't clear if he was like, I want you to drop my class or if he was being like, let's reconnect in five years. I, it was very unclear what was happening. And Andy doesn't really wait around for an explanation and just it's done, I guess. I don't understand why he didn't mention because he's saying like, you are my student. So this isn't the best time for us. Why it didn't come up at any point that he could say. And also that I could lose my job and probably never be able to work anywhere again, except maybe like a Catholic university, you know? (laughs) I I don't know. It just didn't add up to anything for me. But honestly, this is like the only time in our history that I'm like, okay, great. I don't, I don't understand why they did this, but sure. I was glad they broke up, but I felt like they were dancing around it. And I was like, just get into it. Just talk about it. What does it really mean that she's your student? Like, what does it mean for you? Like, why is this inappropriate? Say it. And also, why why is it coming up now? Like, there's a bunch of things to discuss here that just didn't get discussed. And instead, it's like these, again, just platitudes of, I don't know. It doesn't add up to anything. But Angie is like, I'm not going to like sit around and listen to this. And she leaves. Yeah. Then we go back to the Fletcher party. Fletcher is doing shots with Dre. Not very professional. I'll say. No. <laughs> um, and it's like, it's so cool to be a part of the beginning of your ride. Or I don't know. Yeah. It's <laughs> Dre gives Fletcher a crystal. <laughs> yeah. it's, Fletcher's on the show. Good for Fletcher. Happy for you. Then uh, Vin, Vin, Dre and Danny flirt and um, keep flirting. And it's enjoyable to watch these two flirt. I'm going to say it. I like Uh flustered Danny. I like when she's like a little Mm -hmm. bit frustrated with Dre and Dre's joking about like how invested Danny is in things that are happening at the party with Dre, like especially Sophie kissing Dre and being like, are you interested in a professional sense? Like what's going (laughs) on? Uh And it just really like gets Danny out of it, like knocks her off balance in a way that I think is fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. And then Fletcher performs, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She performs Becky's So Hot, which is now stuck in my head. This is the longest of this song I've heard. 
I was just like, <laughs> when something gets too big, too fast, a personal failing of mine is that instantly I'm like, absolutely not. I'm, <laughs> I'm divesting from that, actually. So I've never heard that full song. And this wasn't the full song, but it is more of it than I've heard previously, which was just mm. the audio being used under other videos popping up on my For You page without any input from me. I, I thought it was, I enjoyed the performance. Then Sophie and um, her new n lady of the night are like hooking up and they're like dancing. They're dancing right by the pool, which is danger. Everybody knows that. And then it turns out that the girl that Sophie's been hooking up with is Michael's wife. And he comes over to yell at them. And Sophie falls in the pool and Fletcher stops singing. Yeah. Good for Fletcher. Good for fictional Fletcher. Other people just like let people literally die at their concerts and they keep singing. But Fletcher was like, wow, someone's in the pool. Let's slow this down. You know, Let's take a pause. Let's take a pause. Uh, yeah. Really gutsy, I would say, of this woman to be hooking up with Sophie um, at a party she went to with her husband. Not just hooking up, but like pursuing her. Right. At this yeah. party. Interesting choice. Interesting marriage they must be having. Yeah. Also, I just feel like the man who is very quick to be like, yeah, this is amazing. Have my sperm would actually be like, cool. My wife's making out with someone hot over there. Like <laughs> it was interesting to me that the choice was made that it was, I don't know. I just still don't understand. Is this man going to come back? Is he still going to be the sperm donor? Is this storyline going to continue? Oh, no. So I don't understand anything happening here. <laughs> I don't like it. And I wish it would end. Um, <laughs> I thought it was fine. I had a nice time. So stupid. <laughs> um, I'm look. It's the I'm coming off the holidays and the musical <laughs> episode, so I'm maybe grumpy still. But I'm just like, <laughs> okay. I did gasp, and the fact that the L word can still surprise me with their, you know, based in reality, not based in reality twists is something. I suppose. We then go to Alice basically going through her dating history with Tom to be like, okay, so if you're not the one, who is the one? Tom brings up Tasha. Finally, someone brings up Tasha. Finally, someone says it. And we find out that um, Tasha ghosted. That doesn't make any sense. She's like on the show itself, they were together for at least, I would say, two or three years. And, and Alice says they were together for a really long time. So I'm guessing we're looking at at least five years here. I'm also assuming because this is how things left off that they are cohabitating. Living together. You don't just ghost your roommate. You don't ghost your, someone of five years because you think they're getting too successful off of their podcast. Like maybe she didn't, their, their visions of life didn't jive, but like... What? Yeah, I have nothing to add. I <laughs> truly was just like, of all the things, I was like, is Alice, are we meant to think that Alice is being dramatic and that like Tasha broke up with her and then moved out and then Alice was like, let's keep talking and then Tasha stopped responding and right. then it's like. Which is what Tasha would do. Yeah, like that, that was sort of my right. mental justification. I wish I didn't have to spend so much of these episodes justifying <laughs> things in my brain that could just have like been clearer. Um, but that was my justification. Tasha's definitely the type who would have really firm boundaries. Like if Alice was like, well, yeah. we can still stay friends. Tasha would be like, absolutely not. I need space right. to move on. Like that's how she would have been. But I don't know. Does it mean anything that they're bringing up Tasha? I don't know. I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell either. Like, are we supposed to figure out, like, is Dana saying, you've already missed the one. I knew them in a way. Is this like a clue or is it supposed to be decoding? Or is it just a thing that someone said and it'll be like... Over. It's also something Alice's brain. I mean, no offense if you believe in like an afterlife and think ayahuasca is the window into that, but like <laughs> it's a thing Alice's brain said, right? Through right. Dana. So, right. 
it's yeah. also like, I, it, it, I, yeah, I also don't know if eventually, I mean, my guess is that eventually Taylor's coming back. That's my prediction based mm. in nothing is mm. that Taylor comes back and we find out Taylor was a big tennis fan or something. And so mm. that I knew you in a way is that casual coffee cart owning Taylor who just wanted to take things slow and Alice was going too fast, loved tennis and loved Dana or Dana was the reason why she came out or something like that. That's my guess. Yeah. That's, that's my prediction. Oh, wow. That'd be, or or uh, she was Dana's barista. There's a ton of different, yeah, exactly. there's a ton of different ways to work like she knew me in a way back or they knew me in a way back into anyone's backstory. Like, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. you knew Dana? Like I, X, Y, you know? Yeah. Well, I hope it's Lara. Or Dana's being a little bit transphobic and it's actually Jen Richards coming onto the show <laughs> as Lisa and is, uh, and Dana's like, well, she didn't know me when she was actually <laughs> out. Uh-huh. And that's, you know, that's, that could also be, that could also be the explanation. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if Jen Richards would want to be Lisa, the lesbian man on that were generation Q. I'm just, I'm just casting her. Sorry, Jen. <laughs> For some reason I was like, what about Melanie Linsky? Mm-hmm. Oh what yeah, remember that? That? that character. Bring her back. Oh, yeah, she was like a little costume designer. Yeah, yeah. Melanie Linsky. God, Alice had a lot of good, like the vampire Melanie mm, Linsky. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they save the cat. Very really cute. cute. Cat. And they're talking about how to like rescue it and set it up in a home. And obviously, Alice is going to keep this cat. Mm-hmm. Kitten. It's too cute mm-hmm. to not keep this cat. No. Did you know that usually people don't put cats in TV shows or movies because they're not that easy to train and so they like mess up takes by doing different things every time by doing cat behaviors by by acting like cats which is (laughs) but i noticed in this episode that every time the kitten is in the scene she's being held by somebody Mm. Ah. so she doesn't actually have to make any independent movies and independent films (laughs) not necessarily an independent filmmaker he does work with major studios but like but like they're, you know, she, she's always being held, right? Yeah. She's always being held. She doesn't ever move on her own volition. Right. I really enjoyed that. Um, <laughs> then we go back to the Fletcher party. Danny's putting Sophie in an Uber and very much trusting this Uber driver to be like, make sure she gets home. Who, who I think it's man? a town car. Oh, that makes sense. I had the same thought. I was like, why would you ever tell an Uber driver she might puke in the back of your car? And then I was like, no, this yeah, is... Yeah, don't tell them. Yeah, just don't be a surprise. Don't tell them because they're going to preemptively charge you for the like cleaning <laughs> fee, which honestly don't ever like puke in the back of someone's car, even if they are Uber. But yeah. I think yeah. this is a town car. Yeah, I forgot that rich people. But I was also why, like, why wouldn't Micah and Maribel leave with her? Aren't they trying to get out of there quick anyways to avoid their Michael drama? Well, sure. Micah still hasn't met Fletcher. <laughs> That's Probably. a really good point. <laughs> really yeah. good point. <laughs> but Sophie tells Danny that she should go get it. With Dre, yeah. thank God. Mm-hmm. But also it's cute. Like I like that Danny's like caring for Sophie and they say mm-hmm. they love each other. She pulls her away and I'm like, I like this. I love this journey for them. I like this dynamic that they've arrived at. Um, yeah. I also did think for one minute that they were going to set up a like may the best gal win kind of thing. I don't, maybe yeah. it was just the blocking, but the way they were looking at each other, I was like, oh my God, is this going to be a contest? And then <laughs> <laughs> Sophie is like, you should go after it. And I was like, okay, fun, yeah. growth. Yeah. Uh, and then Fletcher acts as a sort of um, what's the what's the right like a, Sage. like a yeah and and tells Danny that sometimes messy is better, mm-hmm. which is definitely the lesson everyone in the L word needs to learn. <laughs> that's the one, that's the thing missing right now is 
And speaking of things that are successful, um, Finley makes the lasagna and it turns out well. Um, what does the oven is too hot mean? Doesn't that just mean you made, <laughs> do you turn the temperature on too high? <laughs> yes. Uh, definitely. Like the oven, it, okay, sorry. <laughs> Where does Finley live now? With Carrie. With Carrie? Yeah, for sure. Finley has moved in, right? I was so confused about this. I didn't know. Okay, great. I'm pretty sure uh, that Finley has moved in. But the doorbell rings and it's Misty. Yeah. Um, who is bringing Carrie's bowling bag back. And yeah, doesn't at any point offer any explanation for the conversation she had with Finley, which just drove me a little bit nuts. If it is like a two butches thing, which is feels very outdated, but I guess they're older, but like could could be like a, she could be like, I, you know, I've really only dated femmes, but I do like you and I want to see where this goes. Like there could have been something where we got, but instead it's just like, wait, why did you say that earlier? If you are now going to. Yeah. Cause what does she say? She says she like, says she's not used to being chased, which carries like chased is funny. Cause you know, I don't run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. Um, which I thought, again, was maybe that whole, like, I'm the butch and I pursue the femme kind of thing. Like, that was... Yeah. But, you know, come on. Let's just say how we feel, everyone. It's 2022. I just wish that Misty had been like, I realized mm-hmm. this yeah. about you and that's what brought me back to your doorstep. And instead, she yeah. just says, I'm not used to being chased. Here I am. And I was like, okay, what's the, yeah. what's the middle part between those two? What's the connection between those two? Yeah, I don't I don't really get it. Um and then we go speaking of things I don't get, um Angie returns home, very sad. Uh Angie's like we broke up and is like we did have sex, but then we broke up. And I really thought the roommate was gonna be like, wait, you fucked and then he broke up with you? <laughs> like address it in some way, be like, What an asshole or something right. something to point us towards the fact that the show knows what is happening and mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like they do. Um, and she cries in her roommate's arms. And I will say this is the first one where I thought, mm, maybe they could make out later. I just don't understand why they did this. I don't understand any of it. Um, Alice asks the cat if the cat is the one. And, you know, I mean, that's what Dana did say. We have mm-hmm. cat. And now mm-hmm. look at, look. So maybe Dana predicted this is what Dana was talking about. <laughs> cat. Yeah. Yeah, and she's going to name the cat after Mr. Piddles. So in a way, Dana did know the cat because the cat is going to have the same name as Mr. Piddles. It'll be like Mr. Piddles 2 or whatever. Do you think that the Piddles 2 reference is a Sounder 2 reference? Right, that's what I was going to say, which in my mind is absolutely 100% a throwback reference to Sounder number 2. I don't think that's a very good name. Sorry if you named after the L word your cat, Mr. Piddles, but I just feel like Mr. Piddles 2 feels like a really intense name in a way that I don't enjoy. And I think that I love it. deserves better. <laughs> okay. Um, I want Alice to take this cat to the vet immediately. She's got it <laughs> so close to her face. <laughs> I'm so nervous. Yeah. Taylor's eyes are going to be lighting up like <laughs> switchboard if she comes over. Um, then we go back to Carrie and Misty and Finley is like, here's the lasagna. It's perfect and beautiful. And I'm going to leave you guys two-year-old date mm-hmm. and then they kiss yes and, and then we get a little like sort of montage moment we get a brief but cherished moment of micah <laughs> and maribel i guess what their definition of sloppy fucking is um mm-hmm. very it actually is like the sexiest like because the previous sex scene with them was like very tender which is very nice we love tender sex love it love it love it but this is the first time we've been like oh cool we're watching them fuck um uh-huh. But it's brief. And then we go to Sophie. 
is she filling out a grant application while like blackout drunk? <laughs> I guess she sobered up really fast. First of all, she yells that she can hear them, which is funny. It seems like she maybe started filling this out earlier, I hope. I don't know. But mm-hmm. did you did you pause and see what her previous... No. Her student film was called Conviction, and it was about the criminal justice system in LA, focused on former Attorney General Kamala Harris. Huh. <laughs> huh. And also, she has a, she has like a undergrad and a master's degree, which I didn't remember. Like she wow. went to USC for grad school. Actually, that probably has been mentioned before, and I just forgot it. Anyway, yeah, obviously, maybe. I paused over and over again on this. But her her little her segment, the segment about the LGBT icons or whatever that she did for the Alice show, was also on that resume. Um, sure. Is something else that I don't remember off the top of my head. But it was, you know, there's never a better time to apply for something when you are drunk and just fell in a pool. You know, because that's when you're really feeling like an artist, I think. Mm-hmm. Right. That's mm-hmm. authenticity. Finley texts Sophie. What does this text say? Thinking of you. Thinking of you. Thinking of you. And then Sophie hearts it. Yeah, she does. Which is just don't respond. My God, that is so <laughs> brutal. That feels way worse than. Whew. Oh, I was so happy for Finley that Sophie heard it. It was the perfect response that was like not giving her too much hope, but also not sending her on a spiral. Maybe? Wow. People are all so different. I would so much rather someone <laughs> not respond to that than giving a heart. I would. Ah, ah, ah. Oh no. my God. I would so prefer the heart. Anyways, Finley's mom calls. So that's something we're going to deal with. Yeah. I'm like, they can't make someone else's parents sick, right? I was going to say, I thought it was like her dad is sick, right? But they just did that. Or mom is Carrie and she's calling from downstairs to say you can clear the table now. (laughs) (laughs) That's really funny. We're we're done. Please load the dishwasher. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well. And then Dre is skinny dipping at the party. There's a pool. The pool that was promised and they... They are swimming in it. And then Danny comes and gets in. Gets a little Uh naked. It turns out that... So Dre still has something with their girlfriend from Ohio. And I'm not really sure. Like, them and their girlfriend were together for, like, a long... Since high school, right? Yeah. Yeah. But they're still single. Or they still still identify as single. (laughs) It's it's always (laughs) unclear to me when the L word is introducing something for the sake of... Filling space or... Yeah, like I'm like, is that person going to show up and be played right. by whatever? Or is it like, is it just them? They just like to say things sometimes. I don't know. I guess <laughs> we'll see. But the exciting thing is that Danny and Dre kiss. And I like these two together. This is fun. It doesn't I do too. make me feel better. Look, I, I could potentially <laughs> like these two more than Danny and Gigi, which I know is like controversial to say. But I still want to know where Gigi went. Right. And why she's not on the show anymore. Like, I really actually do like Danny and Dre a lot together. It's a really nice dynamic in a way that, like, I don't necessarily know if what Danny needed was another, like, sort of... Power? Yeah, like, I actually think it's, like, a they have, like, a fun balance in a way. I don't know. It's, like, it's a good it's a good balance. But I do want to know where Gigi is. I mean, that's not the point. Right. I should just enjoy these two hot people kissing. But, like... No, really, where where is, where is Gigi? I don't understand. Like, are they going to... Tell us at some point. We all found out that Jennifer Beals was going to be gone for a certain amount of episodes. But like, are we going to find out what happened with Gigi? And I guess according to angry comments on Showtime's Instagram, Gigi is like an amazing singer. So it was. Oh. Oh. So it was like, you're going to do a musical episode, but not with Gigi. How dare you? Okay. So they're kissing the camera up from above. Yeah. Beautiful shot. And that's the episode. So this 
we have three episodes left in the season. Mm-hmm. It does feel like they're kind of still setting a lot of stuff up, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. It does feel like a lot of stuff is getting set up, especially because in episode nine, Badantina will be back and I'm sure taking up a good amount of space. So like, what's going to happen next week? I'm not really sure. This is the first episode of The L Word that did not include Shane. Oh, shit. Oh. Yeah. I mean, besides like her voice when wow. we called. So now Alice is the only cast member who's been in every single episode. Wow. Whoa. I can't believe I totally missed that. Wow. Honestly, like I'm not a person who cares that much about sexy. And sometimes I pretend like I do because it's fun to make jokes about, um, even though I don't really personally care that much. But it is interesting to me that they are not doing any. Yeah, it's like very yeah. noticeable. Yeah. Because I don't, I'm kind of the same about sex scenes. Like they're fun to talk about and exciting to like have in a show. They're always like more drama or whatever, but I don't really like feel emotionally or personally attached to them. But it is like <laughs> right. very noticeable this season that nothing goes on mm-hmm. too long and they're really rare and they're often I'm watching like, Gen Q exclusively for the sex <laughs> scenes. And so I've really noticed it. I do think that one of Gen Q's strengths was its sex scenes. And I do think that despite the amount of queer characters on TV outside of Vita, like, mm-hmm. and P Valley, what is it with stars really crushing it? Always <laughs> only one show at a time, but really, but like there, there aren't that many good queer sex scenes on Mm-mm. screen. There's a lot no. of queer media that focuses on teenagers and a lot of queer media that is, has a lot of kisses and still is pretty chaste. <laughs> and so I do think there's a real value and a real loss to the L words sex scenes and then now lack of sex scenes. Like I do think there's a specificity to showing queer sex and the various things that queer sex can be. I mean, that's something that I always loved about Vita was that, I mean, I think that's what I was kind of getting at with like bringing up like Tom and Alice sex scenes and what they could have been is like the straight sex scenes on Vita were always like doing something interesting too. Like people of all sexualities have sex in all sorts of ways. And I think also it maybe this is an assumption, but like, I do think queer people, even if they're dating someone who's straight often probably will have more interesting sex. I just think queer people in general have been forced to figure out how to have more interesting sex. And so I just think there's like any character, I don't know, like, Misty and Carrie kiss, but it's like, well, I don't think Rosie wants to do sex scenes. I know that, but then, like, (laughs) but like, why are why is that still our only like butch character then? Right. It's also weird because now what's kind of great is that this this series Gen Q is supposed to be original is mostly queer actors and like Mm -hmm. and the the longest sex scene we've gotten this season has been the only one that was just straight straight actors in it, which was Jennifer Beals and Laurel Holloman which was great. And they do great sex scenes together. Um, but like, it's just interesting that they haven't. And then also they've started them, but then cut away, you know, right. like I wasn't sure. Like I, I felt like if this was season one, we would have seen Danny and Dre having sex. Yeah. And we barely did. Or like Micah and Mari for longer. Like that was an that was like the closest to an actual sex scene, but like it just didn't get to breathe in the same way that, they used to. I don't know what's changed. It's very interesting to... Yeah, we also didn't get the context of like them going from our potential new sperm donor we were excited about now is too like entrenched in the drama of our chaotic people in our lives to like now we're fucking. Like I would have loved to have 
I'll think more. <laughs> I guess we were Shane and Ivy, but that also was so brief, you know? Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I do think like one thing that they've done consistently well is have sex scenes. And so I'm like, I know this happened in the L word in season four, I want to say in the beginning of the season four, like there were just suddenly no sex scenes and they were cutting away. Mm. And it was like, obviously a Showtime decree of some kind mm. that like this was too much. Cause this was like 2000 and whatever, 2007, mm-hmm. you know, but where is this a new, a new dawn and a new day. And we have all kinds of freedoms. And one of them is long is the sex scenes. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I'm just feeling, I think this has happened sort of, this happened last season. It's happening this season where it's like, I don't, I don't know if the show's getting like worse or anything. I'm just, it, when the show is not on, I miss its specific brand of whatever. <laughs> and then as the episodes keep rolling along, I'm like, we're not doing anything with this. And I just get more and more frustrated. And it's not that like this episode was like drastically lower in quality than like the first few of the season. It's more just that I'm like, Right. Okay. So we have a big event. There's some sort of mishap and chaos. Like, and I know that's television and it's like meant to be a comfort of hitting the beats or whatever, but I'm just always like, I'm not caring about the characters because of how sort of confusingly written they all are. Mm. I mean, I still enjoyed this episode. There's a lot I enjoyed about it. Like Sophie's chaos and, and like, I loved, I loved the Finley and Carrie stuff so much. Like that was like such a, satisfying next step for Finley when I was really worried that the next step was going to be a fucking relapse storyline. Right. So I really have adored that. Like, and there's obviously things I don't like, like the Angina professor, but like in general, I like enjoyed it. I love Fletcher, you know, performing on the show. I love like, you know, it's been a while. The original series always had queer artists performing and we haven't had that in a while. And, you know, Alice and Tom have great banter. Um, But I am wondering, cause like, I feel like I start every season with like, even if the, first episode isn't that good. I still have this excitement about it, you know? And I think maybe what just happens is we start to see where things are going <laughs> and we get confused and then frustrated. Right. But also I lost my favorite ship last week. So so you're in mourning a little bit. I'm still in mourning. Yeah, but so is everyone. People are either mourning Badantina's disappearance. They're mourning Danny and Gigi. There's, you know, whatever, 17 of us mourning Sophie and Finley. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's... <laughs> just wow I enjoyed it I feel like again it always happens that I get to the end of it I'm like okay fun episode like sometimes watching the L word feels like hanging out with your friends who like are in a relationship and they fight a lot and they talk to you about it and they're like maybe and you're kind of like maybe we shouldn't be dating and then they ask you to hang out again and you're like (laughs) okay yeah because I love my friends and then you do it again you're like maybe I should change my relationship to these people. And then they ask you to hang out again. Like, I don't know. I still, I still show up every time. And I just wish that my friends were making choices that made them happier. Do you know (laughs) what I mean? That's what, at the end of the day, that's what I want. And I don't know if in this context, in this metaphor, that's become really muddled. If my friends are the L word characters themselves or the L word writers, but somewhere Mm -hmm. in there, I'm like, I'll keep hanging out. But you're right, Reese, that like the, the runway of excitement gets shorter and shorter every week because there's like fewer and fewer episodes to go. So you are running yeah. out of time to be like, maybe they'll do this yeah. thing that I really was excited about, or maybe they'll follow this storyline that I think is really interesting. Cause I feel like we've had fun guest stars and we've had fun little yeah. flashes of possibility, mm-hmm. but you do just get midway through the season and you're like, okay, <laughs> what now? You know, it's like, um, sometimes when I go to a movie that I've, that I don't know anything about and you get a while in and you're like, okay, these are the plot lines that have, these are the balls in the air that have to land before they end. 
like before the movie ends. And when you don't know what those are, that's really hard. But when you feel like they've all landed yeah, already, like all the guest stars I've been promised have showed up pretty much and all, you know what I mean? Like all that has yeah. happened. I'm like, I don't know where we go from here. Yeah, I'm hoping that there'll, there'll be some end of season twist that we aren't anticipating in the same way that the, the Sophie and Finley thing happened at the end of season one where I'm like, right. oh, mm. you know, my ears perk up. Like, who knows what that'll mm. be. Group wedding. Yes, everyone marries everyone. <laughs> everyone is married off in one of those big, like, post-gay marriage legalization, like, Yeah, Queen weddings. Latifah marries everybody. Yeah. Like in that awards show where she did exactly. that. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of To Ellen Bag Generation Q Edition, one of two podcasts brought to you by Autostraddle.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at To Ellen Back, and you can also email us at To Ellen at gmail.com. Our theme song is by the talented B. Steadwell, and our Gen Q logo is by Jax Co. This episode was produced, edited, and mixed by me, Lauren Klein. You can find me on Instagram at Lauren Taylor Klein. You can follow Drew everywhere at draw underscore Gregory. You can follow Annalisa on Instagram at Analoka with two A's and on Twitter at Analoka with one A and an underscore. You can follow the legendary Reese Bernard everywhere at Autowin. Autostraddle is at Autostraddle. And of course, the reason why we're all here, Autostraddle.com. And finally, to end this ep, let's hear some keywords from our girlies. Three, two... One quizzical. <laughs> I knew you were going to say quince me. <laughs> you just feel it was time for another quince me. What did I you say, feel, Anna? You, you weren't looking around frantically enough for a word, and I was like, I know it. Um, I said queasy because mm-hmm. um, I used that word in a text recently because I got kind of sick on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that's a great keyword to have locked mm-hmm. and loaded. And it's yeah. also how I feel about Angie spending the weekend with that professor. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I said quizzical because um, that's how certain storylines on this show make me feel. It's a good one. Thanks. Um, well, okay. Um, I'm gonna relax because it's between Christmas and New Year's, and I don't have that much work to do, and I'm gonna enjoy that. The no man's land of the year. Fun stuff. Okay. All right. Bye. 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 Topping, laughing, moving, fisting, biting, fucking, crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, riding, thinking, scheming. This is the way. It's the way that we.